This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The Big Chief with a badge, a cattle prod and a head on a stick. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. It is July the 4th, so a very happy Independence Day to all of you uh, who have friends and relatives in the United States of America, those of you who are listening in the United States of America, and of course those of you uh, who detest Donald Trump, uh, happy 4th of July to you as well. It is now official, we now live in Wild West Britain, and that's from the soon-to-be new Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. In an exclusive interview in The Sun, he's vowing to make the streets safer for the people of this country. The former Mayor of London wants to fund 20,000 more police officers he wants to crack down on knife crime and he wants to lock up drug gangs. Well, it seems like a pretty good idea to me. Only last night, another young man lost his life after being stabbed in Battersea in South London and the current mayor of the capital city this morning is tweeting about how great his cycling policy is, how work has started on a new £1.1 billion cultural quarter in East London. What an absolute shambles. We'll be talking later on uh, to a London Assembly member who's not entirely happy with Sadiq Khan and the way he is conducting himself. You might not like a lot of what Boris Johnson stands for, but if he's going to clean up the streets of this country and make it safer for everyone to walk around, then he should get all of our backing, shouldn't he? Meanwhile, a new report says that facial recognition technology is wrong in 81% of cases. Isn't it time we worked out that actually there isn't any point in wasting any more money on something that is this useless? And let's put all of the money that we're putting into facial recognition in the metropolitan police and elsewhere into actual bodies on the ground, actual police officers walking about because they're the ones who can actually stop the bad guys. 0344 499 1000. Coming up a little bit later on, we'll be finding out just why Jeremy Corbyn's latest abysmal poll ratings are bringing him ever closer to the end as leader of the Labour Party, how urban foxes could be hunted in the city, and why bosses are right to take people's smartphones away when they come to work. That's what I would do. 0344 499 1000. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, I don't know about you, but Jeremy Hunt doesn't seem like a very convincing character to me. He's a bloke who wanted to remain in the European Union, but now says he wants to leave. He's a bloke who says that he thought at one time it was a good idea to stop fox hunting, but now he thinks it might be a good idea to start it up again. 
I'm not even sure what the law is on fox hunting in the countryside anymore. So we thought we'd better speak to Jim Barrington, who is the welfare consultant to the Countryside Alliance. Also, interestingly, former director of the League Against Cruel Sports. Jim, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Good morning, Mike. You are technically a poacher turned gamekeeper, are you not? You could say that, yes. Or is it gamekeeper uh, turned poacher? <laughs> Depends which side of the fence you're on. Um, I, I'm certainly not the only one that's changed. There are three other directors that changed their mind as well, and numerous uh, staff members uh, and supporters who, once they've seen the facts of the matter and indeed seen the, the, the consequences of removing one form of wildlife management, because that's what hunting is, mm. that other things will move in to take its place. Interesting. And it, it, that, that's the problem. And so, you know, it's, it's a matter of... of holding true to an animal welfare view, but realising that the, that the actual tactic of banning something is not going to work in right. this case. And, I mean, I don't think I'm alone in saying, and I'm not frightened to admit, I'm a bit confused about the current law regarding fox hunting because I think not it's OK to drag hunt. It's all right to pull a piece of rag behind a horse and have a load of dogs chasing it. It's not OK uh, for dogs to rip a fox apart. It's not OK for dogs to, to go hunting with you. What's, what's the actual law say? Oh, God. how long have you got? Um, uh, about ten uh, minutes. It, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the the law itself, and this is the trouble. People don't look at the law. They don't they don't see what's a sort of patchwork piece of illogical nonsense. It is. You can hunt a wounded hare, but you can't hunt a wounded fox. Right. You can hunt a rabbit, but you can't hunt a hare. You can hunt a, um, a, a rat, but not a mouse. Uh, you can use two hounds to flush out uh, in certain cer certain circumstances. Um, but if you use three, you're breaking the law. I mean, it is. It's been designed to get a certain group of people. It is not an animal welfare law. It's uh, class war, is what you're saying, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. If you, I mean, unfortunately, of course, a lot of people think that it's an animal welfare law. So you, you've got this, this rather uh, suspicious anti-rich uh, people, people on horseback, toffs, and all that sort of nonsense, being used as a, as a as a um, an animal welfare vehicle, and that's what this this was. You know, if you understand fox hunting and understand what it actually does, then you would you would say actually it's one of the greenest activities going. Right. Um, in in that it you you are managing wildlife in the most natural, and um, almost a unique way. What about Which this ripping a part of the fox though? That doesn't sound very well, natural. Well, it, it, it it's if you if you look around the world and look at. Um, uh, wolves hunting, any canine hunting, indeed any large cats hunting, that's what they do. That's, that's what they do. But the important thing about hounds is because they're related to the wolf, and if you look at wolves hunting, people love, love watching Do you mean people, what, people hunting wolves or wolves hunting no, people? No, 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 hunt, no, wolves hunting their natural prey. Oh, I see. They yeah. Wolves hunting... Well, yeah, but they're not getting dressed up in red jackets and going down the pub and, and <laughs> forming themselves into a gang, are they? Not that I am aware, no. Um, but, 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 but actually, of course, that is going down the class line. Yes. I mean, what does the, what does the, the clothing that you wear... I mean, if, if we sort of banned the red coats and put everyone in a boiler suit and said, you will not smile while you're doing this, right. would that be any better? Well, no, not necessarily. And the fact that they're dressing up in red coats is not necessarily a class thing either, because I used to live no. in Wiltshire, where there was a hunt that went through my village, and everyone who was in the village be it um, farm workers, be it uh, people that lived in tied cottages, be it people that owned land, they were all on it. And many Absolutely. of them were dressed in the same way. Yeah. And, you know, I, yeah. I don't care yeah. if they want to dress up. I just, I just, generally speaking, make fun of people that dress up and do, <laughs> and do organised group activity. Well, there's another programme there, isn't uh, Well, there is, but, yeah. Um, but, but, you know, you've, you, you've said exactly the right thing. You've seen it. You understand it. So many people 
listen to the propaganda. And I was part of that, you know, years ago. And right. I, I wanted to go out and see it. I wanted to, to understand it. And I did. And I started to think, hang on a minute, these, these people aren't barbarians. And also they would raise questions that made me think about whether a ban is actually, actually right. going to work. So and, what, and was, it, it, so what was it that changed your mind and moved you from the side of the, the hunt saboteurs, for, 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 for to all intents and purposes, yeah. oh, I, to well, the I side of the people to the side of the people that you were actually stalking contact contact with them talking yeah. to them talking it through i was never one to sit behind a desk writing propaganda i wanted to go out and see it mm. and when you do you do, you start to have a different uh, view and also when you actually see some of the alternatives as well then you think hang on a minute this is a very natural process which um, you know the the fox deer or the hare, whatever you're talking about, is, is adapted to, to, to use its natural instincts. The, some of the methods that, that are used, you know, they're not adapted to that. So it's natural for both hunter and hunted. And by the hunter, I mean the hounds and the hunted, whatever the species you're talking about. No, sure. So, I mean, in terms of the way that the, the law currently is, Jeremy Hunt says that he wants to have another vote, perhaps, on reversing the ban on fox hunting. Um, the law at the moment says that you can't hunt with dogs, but you can hunt foxes without them, is that right? Oh, it, it's, you can hunt in all sorts of ways. There are loads of exemptions, and they're the ones that are used. You can, you, you can do research and observation, you can do retrieval, you can do flushing out, you can use a bird of prey. This is where it becomes confusing for people because they go, well, I thought it was banned. Well, no, it's not. Mm. You, know, you can actually go out with a pack and, 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 and look for a fox, and you are not breaking the law up to the point until you find a fox. So it is really confusing. And, of course, you've got, you've got draghounds. You've got draghounds, which in some cases look like um, uh, foxhounds, uh, certainly bloodhounds uh, as well. as two different types of, of hunting, but both hunt a, a trail. Uh, but, but they use crosses, you know, hounds that are bred with the, with the bloodhounds, and they look the same. So when people see a pack out, they have no idea what's actually going on. It's the people who do it that actually know what is happening. Mm. OK. So, I mean, basically, he's already rowing back because he got some uh, criticism for coming out and saying, maybe we should have another vote. I mean, like, which is not any more than saying we might need to reconsider this. Um, you know, it's a bit like asking for a second referendum on Brexit. You know, apparently now that he's been receiving a bit of criticism, he's now sort of rowing back from that. Uh, so we don't really well, know what his position is. Well, I think I think that the, the advice I'd give him and Boris as well, because I know Boris is in favour of, uh, or certainly against the, the, the hunting ban, is to look at this in in the context that you've, we should have always looked at it, and that is the wider wildlife management process. Um, and we're not talking about pest control necessarily, although that is part of it. But wildlife management looks to keep a balance in the in the countryside. You want to take out the weak, the sick, the injured, the diseased, but keep a smaller, healthier population. That's what that's what canines do in the wild. That's what wolves do. They did they did it very successfully in in Yellowstone Park when they were reintroduced, and that's in a sense what we could do with the wolf's cousin, which is of course the hound. So you're you're selective through scent scenting animals you're testing through the chase that's what it is it's a, it's a test of the you know which ones are weak which ones are strong mm. and importantly there's no wounding it's an all or nothing outcome so that in that in my mind is an absolutely unique process which is the last one should have that should have been banned but of course the propaganda the people who don't like the people who do it all the class warfareists use all sorts of um, 
you know, excuses to, uh, to, to, to try and do it. And, mm. and, 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 of course, the Labour Party did, in much to the regret of the Prime Minister at the time, Tony Blair, who said it was a mistake. Well, quite. And what about the uh, idea that I've got, which is to basically go bit, do a bit of fox hunting in urban <laughs> regions? Because I think, I mean, I've never seen more foxes in my life. In fact, I spend uh, my weekends in the countryside. I see more foxes in London than I see anywhere near Sussex. Absolutely, absolutely. The, the problem there, of course, is, is land ownership. If you've got a large area of land, you know, a number of, number of large landowners... Well, like, you know, you, the, you, so you, say you, the, 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 the borough of Southwark, for example. No, 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 I'm talking about in, in the countryside. Oh, I see. You, you, you obviously can move uh, over, over large distances. Um, you've got, in, in towns, a garden that likes foxes, a garden that doesn't like foxes, a garden that, that couldn't care less about foxes. You, you haven't got overall control of that land, and therefore, when you're... If you, if you do want to kill foxes, and you can kill them, you can have them shot in, 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 in London, their territories are so small that you can't, you can't do um, what, what hunts do in, in, in the countryside. So it's, it's a matter of having ownership of the land. And if you've got people with different opinions, then you, you, you know, you'll get the situation that we have at the moment, which is uh, foxes living off an endless supply of food. Mm. You probably see bins being... And in the, summer, in the summer months, when people get their windows open and their French doors open to the garden, mm. we'll see myriad stories of foxes walking into people's houses. Yeah. Well, they've lost, you see, they've lost their wildness. That, I, I've, I've seen people who, who literally try to hand-feed... Some people do feed them. them. Unbelievable. They, they do. They do. I, I mean, there's so much food in London, quite mm. frankly, that, yeah. that you know, if, you put, if you chuck something out in your back garden... That, that's neither here nor there, really. The difference is, is how you feed them. And if you start hand-feeding them and they lose that wildness, they, they then think that houses and people are OK, and that's when you get problems. They go into someone else's house and, you know, um, get cornered mm. uh, in, a, in a room and, and maybe bite a, a child or something like that. And, and then you see a different reaction to people about foxes. Uh, yeah. So, so well, it's, they, it's, they it's are removing not by, that wildness. They are not by any stretch of the imagination cuddly creatures. I mean, the ones, the occasional no. ones that I do see uh, in the countryside are very red and very pretty and, and quite mm. bushy, right? But the ones in London are mangy, uh, they're sort of, they look like slightly overgrown rats. They look grey, they don't look brown even, they don't look red, certainly. And they look incredibly ghastly and mean. And they're quite, I mean, I've, I've sort of stared down a couple of them, you know, when I've gone home late at night and they've been walking in my road. And they just walk right up to you. Oh, yeah. They, they've, they, in many cases, they've lost the wildness. Yeah. But it's because there's so many of them in a, in a, in a naturally high number that nature then says, well, if, if, you know, if man's not going to do it, I'm going to do it through disease. Yeah. And, and, and that, that's the point, whole point of wildlife management, and this would go back to Jeremy Hunt and to Boris, that if they're going to look at this again, which I hope they will, there's absolutely no reason why they shouldn't look at this, the Hunting Act. It's been on the statute book for over 14 years now, and we should see what has happened to, the, to those populations that were previously hunted. Um, they should do that, but do it in the context of wildlife management. And that is, I think, something which everyone agrees with, apart from a few extremists. Wildlife management is about keeping a, a balance and the most diverse ecosystem that, that we have, and they're always the, the healthiest if you have a diverse Yeah, ecosystem. quite. So and, in your... and that's, what, that's what hunting is. It's part of that process. In your view, Jim, how would the countryside be improved if, if fox hunting, as it used to be done, uh, was started up again? Well, I mean, first of all, you wouldn't have people who, who are sort of on the edge of the law. I mean, people don't like doing something which, which you know, um, they're being accused of, of, of uh, an illegal act. But what, what hunting can do, because it's very adaptable, it means that you can, you can have a, a smaller but healthier 
fox population because we don't we've lost the top predator of the fox in this country it used to be the, the the wolf and uh-huh. that's what wolves do in 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 countries where you have both fox and and wolf but we've lost that and so we have to rebalance that what they call the, the trophic cas- uh, cascade by bringing in if you like the cousin of the wolf that, that operate in very much the same way, but of course they're controllable. And if people are going to argue for rewilding, as some do, you cannot be a, a, a pro-rewilder and no. be anti-hunting because no. you know <laughs> the, 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 the process ends in the same way if, if you're talking about wolves. And course. have we passed the point, do you think, of sort of what you might regard as, as you know, civil war and, and, and class war over this issue? Because I know whenever it's come up in the past, it was never as vociferous as, as the opposition to it uh, and, and the kind of advocacy of it back in the days when Tony Blair was a prime minister, you know, when we had Westminster Square kind of completely mm. rammed with people fighting each other. I don't get the sense that people care as much about it now. Well, I mean, the, the, the law as it was originally drafted was going to ban the lot and people would have would have you know that's why they were talking about people who would openly break the law and then put themselves forward for arrest i think some 40,000 people signed a declaration that they would do that the fact is the hunting law the act it was which was drafted by the anti-hunting people is so bad that they didn't have to do that Um, And and so they are continuing in a a way in the hope that a government, when it's the right time with the right majority, will look at this again and say, hang on a minute, this was this this is a a rubbish piece of law. And I and I and I believe it is a rubbish piece of law. Let's look at this. Let's look at what's happened to those animals uh, in the meantime. Fox population has in some areas has, has been decimated. Um, there were thousands of hares shot out as a direct result of the hunting act. Mm. The, the red deer of the West Country, um, uh, you've changed a sort of community-based conservation process to one that is possibly now more commercially minded because you can sell, you can sell the deer, of course, the, 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 the deer meat. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you've changed the status of those animals, and that's what we should be looking at. Look, look at what, what has happened since and try to correct it, but do so on the basis of science not on the basis of the fact you just don't like a sort mm. of group of, of people. No, fair enough. Why, why it was brought in. No, absolutely. Jim, thanks very much indeed. We've got to run. Uh, Jim Barrington there, welfare consultant to the Countryside Alliance, but also, more interesting, former director of the League Against Cruel Sports, so a guy who used to be against fox hunting and is now pro-fox hunting because of what he has seen over the course of time, not least the fact that fox hunting has become this ridiculous kind of class warfare, nothing to do with the uh, help helpfulness uh, in the countryside or the medical necessity in the countryside that farmers need to do to protect their uh, their own livestock. Lionheart sends an interesting tweet in. He says, here is an interesting fox fact for you. There are no foxes and never have been on the island of Guernsey. Well, there we are. Who knew? Maybe they can't swim. How about on the Isle of Wight? How about Jersey? How about the Isle of Man? Can anybody tell us? 0344 499 1000 is the number. This is Talk Radio. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On Talk Radio. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. It is July the 4th, of course, so it's a happy Independence Day to anyone who wants to celebrate it. You don't have to be American. You just have to like things that are American. Meghan Markle, of course, uh, is one of those imports from across the Atlantic who has come here to marry Prince Harry, one of the great sort of, shall we say, uh, bachelor hopes of many women around the world. Uh, the trouble is, is that she's now turning him into one of the most hated figures of all time in the royal family. The latest uh, ruse is that uh, Meghan and Harry say they will never reveal the godparents of baby Archie because they need to protect them uh, from uh, the public gaze. And also, uh, they're going to have, of course, a private christening. We're going to talk to Anna Cribb about that, uh, because it's actually quite difficult getting involved with godparents and picking godparents, and it's quite a problematic thing. Before we do that, let's talk to Mark, who wants to talk about fox hunting. He knows a thing or two about it. Uh, he's a pest controller. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, sir. What, what have you got for us? Well, there's a couple of things. Um, um, the do-gooders um, have basically led to a slaughter of foxes in the countryside. Uh -huh. um, before, you know, the, um, the hunts took the, the old and the sick and the, the, the fit ones quite often got away. Yeah. Um, um, but now, what the boys are doing, now the hunting's been, and I'm using my fingers, banned, um, and they, they don't kill so many foxes. Um, guys are going out at night with rifles, with um, um, night scopes on, right. and just um, shooting all the foxes. Right. Well, um, so it's whereas, gone sort of underground, if you like. No, no, no. It's, it's totally legal. Right. Um, but the amount of foxes that are getting killed now out in the countryside far outstrips what was happening before when they were hunting. Oh, I see what you um, mean, yeah. yeah. and, you know, guys, guys will go out at night. With well, a, you say you know, it's legal, it, might... but it can't be legal to drive around in, in sort of four-wheel drive vehicles with floodlights on shooting animals, can it? Yeah, absolutely. Really? It's pest control. Yeah. Blimey. Um, but um, and quite often not with lights. You can do it with um, infrared scopes. And but isn't it a bit, in, 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 in a bit dangerous? I mean, what if you come across, a, you know, a couple who are out for a walk or something? Well, I mean, all that goes with the, you know, shooting sensibly. Right. Um, yeah, you know, you wouldn't take a dangerous shot, or you shouldn't do. Um, but um, the amount of foxes killed now, far, far, far outstrips. And I know people that go hunting, and basically in the countryside, I don't see hardly any foxes now. Because, uh, they've all been taken Well, they're all in London, by mate. The if you want to come up yeah. here, they're all here. <laughs> well, actually, I, I do some urban fox control myself. Do you? Um, and you totally agree with your point that the scabbiest, mangiest looking bloody brutes you ever did see you they know are. they're uh, yeah. awful bloody creatures right. you know, and how, but, do you, how uh, do you cull them in the city then um we catch them in um cages 
or totally legal to do, and then shoot them in the cages. Hey. See, when you say it like that, it doesn't sound so nice, really. But anyway, listen, Mark, I appreciate your uh, your knowledge and your expertise. This is what we do here at Talk Radio. We get knowledge and expertise, not only from people who claim to be experts, but also from people who actually do know what goes on because they're doing it on a day-to-day -day basis. And Mark there uh, is a pest control specialist telling us about what goes on. And some of it would make you cringe. But let's talk about what's something else that makes us all cringe, and that is the Meghan and Harry show. Uh, Anna Grip Crim uh, is a parenting vlogger from Hey Mummy. TV. Anna, very good uh, morning to you. Welcome. Hey, how are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm all right. Now, in, in, we're not, I'm not expecting you to have a view on the royal family. You may have one. You may wish to tell us what it is. But <laughs> choosing godparents is quite a tricky business, in my experience. It really, really is. And I think, you know, it's one of those difficult things because, obviously, it's, you know, there's historical, traditional, religious reasons why people make choices. And there's so many different reasons why everybody chooses various types of godparents. You know, some people it's about getting into the right school. Some people it's about presents, how much time they're going to put into your kids, what their influence is on your kids. Um, so many different reasons. And but what a wonderful thing it is to have anybody around your children who have, you know, got their best interests at heart and are going to be looking after them through life. And it's one of the things that I just think is a real shame about Meghan and, um, Meghan and Harry's decision not to share that with the public, you know, bar all the other, <laughs> the other issues that we could have about it, taxpayers paying um, towards the ceremony and stuff. Um, you know, it's just a shame not to share such a lovely um, celebration and ceremony with everybody. Well, that's right. I mean, it would be nice if we could share in what it is that Harry and Meghan have and what they wish to have and what they want to do, and they seem not to want to do that, which is unfortunate. Um, but it's never going to be the case. I mean, if you're being asked by Harry and Meghan to be godparents to their baby and you're expecting to never have anybody ever find out about that, you're, you're, you're up a gum tree, aren't you? It seems like a bizarre choice. I mean, who on earth have they chosen to be godparents to Archie, you know, that's going to turn around and say, actually, I don't want anyone to know that I'm godparent. You know, I mean, it's just, it's an impossible task. And surely, you know, the Queen is head of the Church of England and the Church of England rules state that details of marriages, baptisms and godparents are public, you know, on public record. Yeah, so well, exactly. I yeah. don't see how they can make this choice. Um, and they got caught out, didn't they, the last time with the actual birth information because they'd given out false information and then eventually somebody managed to get hold of the birth certificate, as you do, because you can, um, and, it, and they were proven to, to have misled the public and people really don't like that. It's just a real shame. And, you know, the public love to celebrate royal celebrity romances, weddings, baby arrivals and christenings. You know, it's a celebration. It's, you know, the British public love to get behind them. And by saying we're not going to share this day with you, you know, this isn't... I'm all for, you know, parental choice in all things regarding babies and, and bringing children up. And, you know, everybody does something differently. And I certainly am not a parent who likes to judge anybody because... Um, we should all have freedom of choice. But in this situation, you know, they're not trying to keep something private about the baby's medical issues or 
anything that perhaps could be a sensitive subject either for the baby or the family you know this is just a celebration it's a time for some people to come around and say that they're going to support Archie through his life and you know take on the job of godparent I just think it's a real shame that mm. that's not going to be shared with the public and as, and as somebody <laughs> pointed out this morning it's not just about us being kind of you know royal lovers and sort of you know sad individuals who needed to get a life but you know the point about this uh, baby Archie is that his great grandmother is head of the Church of England and he's in the right, and he's in line to be, um, you know, number whatever it is on the throne, you know. So it's not as if he's just an ordinary baby. And I'm sorry if they don't like that, but that's just the way it is. Absolutely, and you know, it just is a real shame. I think, you know, it it doesn't have to be for religious reasons, but you know, we feel this should be this should be shared as you know traditionally it has been before. I just think it's it's a lovely event that the British public would love to be a part of, and. Um, unfortunately, what they've done is had the opposite effect now because it's now going to become, you know, everybody's obsession to find out who they've chosen as godparents. Well, exactly. As, know, soon as, they, as soon as they do that, you know that that's what's going to happen, right? Exactly. The hunt is on, isn't it, to find out who, <laughs> who's going to be sneaking through the doors to Windsor Castle. Um, exactly. For the ceremony, so... Well, it won't yeah, be us, Anna, that's for sure. Thing. But listen, thank you very much yeah. indeed. The problem is, of course, that they will continue to take the money. 2.4 million of our pounds have been used to refurbish the cottage in Windsor. Uh, and, of course, they will no doubt spend a fair few quid on the party for the Christine. I'm sure some of that will make it back to us in some way, shape or form. I just think it's a bit sad, really, that Meghan Markle appears to want to have a private life. Well, if she wanted to have a private life, perhaps she should have thought about that before she became a Hollywood star and then thought about it again before she decided to marry the heir to the throne of England and the son of Princess Diana, Queen of Hearts. For heaven's sake, woman, have you got no sense at all? 0344 499 1000. We'll take your calls on that, plus much more besides coming up in the next hour. This is Talk Radio. A mid-morning dance with the devil. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On Talk Radio. It's fun to stay in the... This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. You know what to do. 0344 499 1000. There is a massive uh, weekend uh, of pride activities going on this weekend. My daughter uh, has never been more excited in her life. She won't go anywhere. She won't even come with me to come to uh, Sussex for the weekend because she has to be in London uh, for the pride parade. Uh, but that's what she does. That's the kind of girl she is. Uh, she probably won't be sleeping and I dread to think where she'll end up. Uh, let's go to the phone. So Graham is in Peterborough. Graham, a very good uh, afternoon to you. Good afternoon. What would you like to tell us? Oh, that speech by Anne Woodicombe. Wasn't that, that great? Feisty. Oh. Can you imagine how <laughs> awful they must feel sitting there thinking, we've got weeks of this to come? <laughs> oh, I mean, she, she must be the... She, well, I hope they don't burn her at the stake, but she's... The English Joan well, of Arc. I mean, some people have accused the EU of a lot of things. I don't think I think they've given up burning people at the stake. Yeah, well, I hope so, because they, they did rather a lot of it a couple of centuries ago. That's true. But the, the thing is, also in conjunction with Anne's speech, um, Nigel Farage, what yeah. he said about the, the way that the top jobs in the administration of the European Parliament was uh, delegated. 
There's a book out called Berlin Rules, uh-huh. Europe and the German Way. Have, have you heard of it? I haven't, no. No, it's by Paul Lever, who was the ambassador to Germany. It's a good name, isn't it, Paul Lever? Say again? It's a good name. Um, it's a good name, Paul Lever. Yeah, well, if he can lever us out of this mess and get us, a, you know, up and running. Yeah. But it, what he wrote uh, is absolutely frightening. But it's, it's, it's all working out. Um, the administration of the EU Parliament adheres to the will of the German political system. Well, Germany is the, by far and away the, the dominant partner, isn't it? it? It is. But it's all done for Germany's national interests. And France. Well, France, just hang on to the coattails. Well, the, France and Germany are the two biggest countries in Europe. They are the, they wield the most power in the European Union. It's not that surprising. But it's just good that we know that now. Um, well, it, it, we should have learned that lesson years ago. I mean, to me, back um, when we joined, we were sort of just sucking up to them. Yes. Well, I think we've um, all discovered that it's a very... And I was asked, asked the same question to anyone who says they want to remain in the European Union. How do you know what's going to be the European Union in 10 years' time? You don't. It's going to expand uh-huh. more. It's going to be more federalist. We've now got people who have been elected to office who would like to see a federal United States of Europe. There's no question about that. But listen, Graham, I've got to run. Great call. Thank you very much. We'll check out that book as well by Mr Lever. Uh, because uh, that may be quite interesting. Right now, though, we're going to talk to Monica Price, who is, of course, the nutritionist to the stars, the woman that uh, you always want to talk to uh, about food, if you can. Monica, a very good afternoon to you. Hello, Mike. How are you doing? I'm very good. How are you today? I'm very well. Now, only yesterday I was saying that all this nonsense that uh, uh, people talk about with regard to sin taxes and Boris Johnson wanting to get rid of them on fatty yes. foods and sugary foods, I'm all in favour of getting rid of the taxes. I don't think you should be taxing people for, for, for try, to try and make them not to eat things because mm. it doesn't yeah. really work anyway. Now we learn that actually if you ditch saturated fats altogether, it might not be a very good idea. Yeah, well, this is it. Again, another study, Mike, that said, you know, facts, you know, facts are so confusing. And it's no wonder that, you know, just the, just everybody, including myself, you know, if you just get so confused because you don't know whether to have saturated fat, trans fat, unsaturated fat. But you're quite right. This study is saying that saturated fat, is it good for you? Is it bad for you? Well, you know, we've, we were, we've been kind of weaned off saturated fat because we've been, you know, saturated, if you like, excuse the pun, um, by... <laughs> By the by, the media as as well as the, you know our health authorities and of course leading um, cardiologists and saying that saturated saturated fat is bad for us. Now we know that saturated fat can damage us and, and it can raise a risk of having heart disease. The World Health Organization, you know, their policy is to lower saturated fat and the trans fat and up to unsaturated fat. But where I think um, what I think the point is here, Mike, is that we're missing is that because saturated fat because it became kind of in the public domain that saturated fat was so bad for us what happened the food industry thought right what can we do then to basically make the food taste good and last longer so they introduced something what we call trans fats now the trans fats are the industrialized um, produced 
fat. And these are the fats that are found in, you know, donuts, frozen pizzas, you know, pre-packed snacks, all of the foods that we kind of know that we shouldn't eat a lot of. So what happens is the saturated fats got such a bad name because obviously the saturated fats are found in their meats and their chocolate and their creams and their cheeses. Eggs and and things, right? Eggs, eggs. And these are good fats. There's a lot of vitamins and essential minerals in there. But what people were doing were thinking, oh my God, I've got to avoid saturated fat. So the the food industry said, right, we've got to find something else. So they they introduced, they say, these trans fats. And I think, Mike, it's the trans fats that we should be focusing on. I mean, Denmark banned these trans fats. I think New York did the same, didn't they? Absolutely. New York did. um, Canada, the US did, um, I think, the end of last year. You know, but other European countries have done so. Switzerland, Austria, um, Norway, they've all done it. But what it was, they they realised that, you know, us as a consumer, we wanted our food to last longer. We needed our food to you know to be we wanted butter that spread you know we didn't want butter that you had to take out of the fridge a half yes. an hour before you needed to put on your toast that's why you know margarine was was introduced into the into our lovely world but unfortunately margarine not all margarines but the cheaper the margarine it will contain a lot of this trans fat and that's made from trans fat is made from adding hydrogen to vegetable oil and all that does that doesn't sound very nice no, it doesn't, and it's not, and it extends shelf life. So why do we why do we not realise that countries are banning it? Because it's not good for you. So I think this it, we've got so kind of entranced, if you like, with with their fats. And the other thing that people are doing is they're turning instead of thinking, oh, I can't eat fat, they're they're consuming far more sugar and far more carbohydrates. Yeah, and also they're taking the advice of people. So I had a drink with a friend of mine the other day, um, and he's been declared to be anemic, right? Because apparently he he got so kind of warned off of red meat that he basically stopped eating it. His doctor has now said, look, it's not a massive problem. Just eat more red meat. So he's now been ordered to eat red meat in order to replace the red blood uh, cells that he's lost. Now, there clearly are people out there who don't eat as much red meat as they used to, but nobody says, oh, be careful, because if you don't eat any red meat at all, you might become anemic. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and that's a good case point, actually, Mike, because, you know, meat, you know, a lot of people now are, are turning away from meat, you know, and having, you know, vegeta- going vegetarian or indeed vegan. And it's become kind of the trendy thing to do. And, and I'm always very risky. You know, when you hear that word, it's a trendy diet or the trendy thing to do. I'm always very, you know, suspicious of that because, you know, we forget that meat is a very good source of protein. You know, it's a very good source of iron. It's essential for the growth of, you know, for young children in particular. You know, we, we, we make children in our country, in the UK at the moment, you know, we, we they need fat. So from the age of, you know, from the moment they're born, from from naught to two, it's recommended that they have, you know, full fat. Everything's full fat. Now, there's a reason for that. It's because, you know, fat actually gives you, not only gives you energy, but it, it, it develops, it helps develop your body with all the essential vitamins and minerals and, as I say, proteins and, and just essential things that our body needs to grow. So I think what we're doing is we've become very confused with our fats and what we need to do i would say to any of your listeners today go and have a look and see what's you know what's in your fridge open your fridge and look for the trans fats that's the one that you really do need to be avoiding not so much the saturated fat it's like any any diet might really you know everything in moderation i mean you know you can have ice cream the sun's out everybody be eating ice cream that's got saturated fat in but you know, if you're going to go and have five ice creams a day, that's far too much. That's not a but, good you know, idea. You're yeah, saying we should you know, be trans-fat-phobic, aren't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
trans fat is the very one and look for the labels because they're it's very it's they're very devious trans fat can often be labeled as partially hydrogenated oils so if you look particularly if any of you have got tubs of margarine in your fridge at the moment go and have a look and see if they've got any partially hydrogenated oils in or simply the word trans fat because that's the fat that's causing the problem that's the one they know is can cause a risk to heart disease and the other silly thing but it's 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 crazy but true popcorn you know microwave popcorn yeah. is really popular people have loads of that now again in the summer that has masses of trans fat in it so again it's not look it's not looking at when you go shopping it's really understanding again looking at labels understanding that you know a little bit of everything does you good looking at the, perhaps the methods of cooking as well when you're cooking I mean summertime is great because lots of people will steam things they'll put things on the barbecue as opposed to you know putting it in a deep fat fryer for instance so you know deep fat frying again is, is the trans fat but we've got to remember that the, the the saturated fat you know a little bit of everything like your friend with anemia Mike you know that's that's quite quite right that the doctor has said you know you need to eat red meat i work a lot with teenagers and so many teenagers now do not eat red meat so you know they might they might go to the burger bars and everything and have something there but they don't eat you know a really good piece of of, of meat and that again that, i think that's there's a growing concern there because like everything everything has its place yes and everything can and everything can everything moderation. in moderation absolutely right monica thank you so much what a way to end the show don't eat too much fat but don't Shun it as well, uh, because sometimes some fat is actually good for you. 0344 499 1000. We'll be back at 10 o'clock tomorrow for the Perrier Awards. Much else besides, of course. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.